Hello and welcome to Pop Culture 5. I'm Thomas Senna and with me as always is the Johnny Greenwood to my Colin Greenwood. I don't know how much that means to Deremy right now given the nature of of the episode today. Uh, But Deremy Dove, what's up my man? Johnny Greenwood? Yeah, I, I, it's a little, I know it, I'll be honest, from a few Wikipedia, like, <laughs> rabbit holes. I've seen the names. Okay. I don't know what they did in radio, what, what instruments, I don't know anything else besides I've seen those names that they consist of the group Radiohead. That's all I know. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, how you doing today? Otherwise, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I'm excited for this, uh, I think, I'm, I'm glad... We're doing, you know, the start of something that's going to be fun to do in the future. Every so, you know, we'll figure out how often we'll bring that in. But um, to do these blind spots, I think it's important to kind of show the listeners that, hey, there's things that you know or I know and the other one doesn't. And, like, to be truly open-minded and kind of go through this guide of getting to know more about pop culture, more about each other and our viewership our our viewership like habits and like what influences us so i'm excited for it yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how this little experiment of ours uh turns out i think it'll be good so pop culture five is the podcast which jeremy and i choose the five essentials of any given topic this week we're taking a slight detour from the format this was an idea that came about when we were talking about potential show topics because every now and then like one of us will bring up a topic we're passionate about and excited about, and the other person just isn't that familiar or as familiar with that topic. So that's how this came about. This week is our first edition of Pop Culture Blind Spots with the topic being Radiohead. So I'm the one who's a huge Radiohead fan. I would consider them my favorite band of all time. We did a Beatles episode. I love the Beatles, but I think it's just pure favorite over the years. And Radiohead's my favorite band. I'll say this. Um, no, getting to know you this past year, you know, I know how much you love SNL, but mm-hmm. I was jumped out and you love pop culture, but your love, but also, and not just to, you know, pump you up because I'm on the show with you, <laughs> your, but your knowledge of music, like you love and know music really like better than most people I've ever met. So when you said that Radiohead's your favorite band, that makes me, because I know you have a, a deep knowledge of music and it's, it's a, good variety so when you said that i was like it made me kind of go like i want to know more about them because i really respect your taste and knowledge in music so i'm like of all the great artists and bands that you love they're number one that says a lot yeah wow that's a really big compliment thank you (laughs) thank you so much and yeah i just i love this band um you're less familiar um so i'm gonna what's gonna happen is is i'm gonna introduce you to the band using five songs of my choosing. So we're sticking with like the five essential kind of format, but only this time I'm choosing five songs right? and giving you the homework. So Jeremy, you'll have a week of homework and you'll report back and we'll get into a deeper discussion uh, about Radiohead off of that. And we'll do this periodically with other topics. So maybe Jeremy will introduce me to something that I'm less familiar with. I'm looking forward to that as yes. well. Yes. So this will be great. Uh, so, Jeremy, I'm wondering, what's your familiarity with Radiohead? My familiarity was growing up in the 90s, and um, for me, like, always being a kid who rode the bus, but what I had, especially in the 90s, was 
it was kind of a, I don't know how many people, I don't know how common this is, you know, but we would kind of have in the morning and in the afternoon, three different schools would be like picked up on the, and be on one bus. So there was kids from like two other schools. It was a little smaller bus, but like a few kids who lived over like near me and my brother would be on. So you get a variety of kids, some from my school, some from the other two schools. And I remember a couple of the other kids who were a little bit older than me, you know, this is Walkmans. This so I'm dating, I'm aging us, Thomas, to the people. <laughs> but like they're playing Radiohead, and that was where I first heard it. And this was when you know a young kid. And even though I did like, I loved hip hop and R and B, but I did, you know, I was listening to like I didn't know like rock and roll as well. But you were still trying to be cool, so it was like you had to choose, right, hip hop or or rock. So even if I liked some rock music. I wasn't going to let that be known. I was like, I'm team hip hop back in the nineties. Like that's what I'm going to talk about. Obviously that's changed, Mm -hmm. but it was a long time of just like, Oh, okay. I I know people who like them, but I didn't get connected. I'll tell you the biggest debate I've had with Radiohead was when the social network was coming out the movie. And I don't know if you remember the trailer. There's a couple trailers. The first one like had um, like the choir, they were singing creep like the yeah. Radiohead song. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good trailer, right? And then another one was Kanye and Power. And I was with some friends, and I said, I love the Kanye Power trailer much better than the other one. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was like, they love the Radiohead, the Creep Choir one. Out of pure ignorance, honestly, I'm going to be real, I was just like Radiohead's overrated, and it really was just. To, <laughs> Trust it was me, just I've to, heard that. I've heard. I've seen and heard that plenty of times, so it's not going to offend me. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and because it came out of ignorance, because I really all I knew was the song "Creep." Okay, I don't know anything else to this okay. day. I don't. Okay. But I was trying to win an argument about that social network trailer, <laughs> and I was by myself, so I'm like, let me just throw a hail mary, like my knockout punch, and that led to a huge like debate. Nothing personal, but people yeah. were fired up, and it surprised me. I didn't. These were friends at this point. We were in our twenties, and I had been friends with them for ten years, some fifteen years. I had no idea they loved Radiohead like that. And then not only that, to get the passion out of them, it surprised me. And it was something in my mind where I'm like, I should listen to be like, do I really? Are they good, or do I think they're crazy? But I just never did. So. That's honestly my weird connection with Radiohead was I've heard of them for so long, but all I know is the one song, but I had yeah. one of my big pop culture arguments over them. Yeah, no, that that tends to happen. And uh, I'll tell you, Radiohead is a very, amongst music people, a very hot button topic because I think, so what happens is, and we discussed this a little bit toward the end of our Beatles episode. So there's a lot of people who are very passionate about Radiohead because it's like for me, it's like music that like sparks something. Like it kind of changed the way I listen to music. Honestly, when I really started delving into their catalog, but people speak about Radiohead in such grand terms that then it invites that pushback. So there's always that like people talking about Radiohead and then other people saying, "Oh, they're not that great" or whatever, or or um, they're not the best band ever. So it's it's, it's almost like there's a push and pull a lot of times with Radiohead. And I've seen that amongst, like I have friends who love music, like my, a lot of my music geek friends and a couple of them just love to talk about how they don't like Radiohead. 
and they just know that it causes uh, and they do okay. that I think to provoke a reaction. So that's what I was going to ask. Do you think it's le- it's genuine or you think it's just because they're like yeah. enough of the radiohead talk we want to just knock it down a few pegs. I think it's both. I think the two people who I'm thinking of probably they prefer other bands. Like one of them's favorite they one of them really loves Depeche Mode, the other one's favorite band is Blur. I think they probably don't like Radiohead all that much, but I think they ham it up just to provoke a reaction from the rest of us who just love Radiohead. So like I I used to go to the Coachella Music Festival. I was very active on their message board. I actually made a lot of friends through the Coachella message board. Oh, okay. And it became kind of a thing on the message board where we would like when Radiohead was doing their tour, there'd be a whole thread dedicated to like what songs they were playing that night and people talking about them. And then other people would kind of chime in and rile others up and say, Oh, this song or you guys are such nerds or whatever. There was a running joke on the board of just, um, uh, as a non sequitur, just out of the blue listing like your favorite Radiohead albums in order. <laughs> and that was, he became like a joke or a meme gotcha. or whatever. So it's just like, people are very passionate about Radiohead. And then there's certain people who, who either don't like them or are indifferent or whatever, who use that passion to kind of troll sometimes. Yeah. And then, yeah. And that's just what happens, man. So, so uh, I've definitely seen that firsthand. It's pretty funny. What, one thing I will say in some of the, like, like I said, the Wikipedia, you know, rabbit holes, but I, I have done that on Radiohead and stuff a little bit and read just articles. Being someone who's of the 90s, like, you know, you are, I am as well. There's other people, even if you didn't get into them in their in the moment of the 90s, I like Pearl Jam, I didn't, we did our grunge episode. A lot of the grunge artists I got into as I got older after their heyday, but in the moment, I you, they were ever, I knew how big they were. I was surprised with myself how I didn't realize how big Radiohead mm. of a group they were and how popular they were. If you would have asked me before, probably right before COVID, doing a little bit of a deep dive, I would have thought they were more niche. I didn't realize how big yeah. globally they are. So that was something I'm like, oh, that's shame on me. Like, they're that big. Yeah, they're huge. And I was a little late to the party myself like in the 90s i remember when creep came out i was probably when creep came out i was like 11 or 12 but i was listening to rock music at the time i remember when creep was played on the the alternative music station so i was familiar with that mid to late 90s i knew a couple of their songs and i thought like oh it's good band or whatever but i was just like i was more of like i was listening to hip-hop i started listening to metal i started listening to other stuff Probably around the mid-2000s or so, especially when In Rainbows came out in 2007, I started doing like a deep dive. Like, I'm going to listen to their discography all the way through. And I was just taken aback. I'm like, after I finished like In Rainbows, I listened from Pablo Honey, which is their debut album, to In Rainbows. After I listened to that, I I was like, this is my favorite band. Yes. (laughs) Like, I listened to the discography, and I'm like, this is my favorite band. Like, I've never heard music like this. And so, yeah. So then... Uh, that that's where my fandom started. Probably in 2007 is when I really started being like true blue Radiohead okay. fan. Okay. So, so I was a little late. So I, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I was like a huge fan in '97 when OK Computer came out. I was just like diehard. Like, nah, it took a little bit of time for me, but it, like they music revealed itself to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this changes like my music fan life. Honestly, that's huge. That's huge. Like. It's huge when you hear people's stories, whatever form of, of, of art or entertainment that has that effect. But um, that's really big that, like, I, I wasn't sure if you – I know, like, lining up your age with their rise, it can equal yeah. 
So I was like thinking maybe like the connection of like teenage Thomas growing with Ray, but it's interesting. Yeah, I didn't really. know that like you were older, like mm-hmm. when you got into it. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Well, it bugs me too because I think then I think about like the tours that I missed out on, the times I missed out on seeing them live. If oh, I would have just been yeah. a fan yeah. in the early two thousands, or you know, right, right. But I, I definitely I've seen them. How many times? I've five times, six times live at this point, and um, but I could always stand to see them more. So yes. I wish I would have seen them before. First time I saw them was in two thousand eight, but I wish I would have seen them before that. That's too. funny. <laughs> on a quick side, that's funny. I I have that thought with some some artists too which is like i got into them later and i'm like oh i like them now and i'm like man it starts hitting pearl jam is one Mm. bruce springsteen which is like so many times they were right there i can't tell you the times because pearl jam would come to philly a lot and i don't know why it always would happen I would be at a Sixers game or a Phillies game at the same time. And the parking lot would be mobbed at a Pearl Jam concert. And then I'd be like, get all these Pearl Jam people out of here. What are you doing? Like making yeah. traffic brutal. And then you get into it. And I was like, that's happened. No lie. Tom like four times. And I'm like, I could have just gone right over to watch Pearl Jam back. If I would have liked yeah. them back then, like I could have just watched a Phillies game and just walked on over and been like, I'm jamming with Eddie. But like, I'm like all those times. I'm like, damn. Yeah. So it's like I think that it's funny you said that because I'm like I have a few and Pro Jam's just one of them where I'm like I was right in the same vicinity, but I wasn't a fan of them then. So I was like, whatever. And now I'm like, crap. Much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that 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 was my experience a little bit with Radiohead. Uh, So you ready to get into the reveal of your homework, Darren? I am. I am. All right. All right, so I'm going to give you five songs to listen to this week, and we'll chat about them and about the band when we reconvene. And, um, and I'll also send you a few notes on each song, so it'll be like somewhat guided, just like some, some bullet points of what sticks out to me, just whatever, you know. And uh, also feel free to explore outside of these songs if you're compelled. Yeah, yeah, I will. So we'll just however you want to go from there, if you just listen to the five and you don't want to go any further, that's okay. But so just feel free to let it like, you know, your, let your exploration take you uh, from there or whatever. So and you could also text me if you like. Uh, well, no, actually, I want to. I want to wait until the. Yeah, episode. I think it's better to keep it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I'll have. I'll probably have if you do like something. I might have like other recommendations for something similar and you know so so it doesn't end there but gotcha so, so that's what we're doing so um so i'm gonna start here so here's the my five radiohead songs that i'm giving to Jeremy. okay all right so the first song that i think you should listen to it's from okay computer from 1997 okay computer is my favorite album of all time by anybody oh wow. like it's my number one album ever and this is probably the song that people know from OK Computer. It's called Paranoid Android. It's probably like it's 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 basically how I would describe it. I don't know. It's like it's, it has three distinct parts. It's like their Bohemian Rhapsody type of epic song that people know. It's like a, it's a nice journey. It's a 
It's a little longer, but it's not too long. It's like six or seven minutes or something. But it's like three distinct parts. The instruments work really well with each other. It turns into like a rocker at a certain point. There's really lovely like vocal harmonies in certain parts. Uh, so it's it's uh, Paranoid Android from OK, okay. Computer. Got it. Uh, I think that's a good, accessible, but interesting one Okay. to start with. I'm going to do another one from OK Computer. So this is going to be the second OK Computer. It's the closer to the album, and it's called The Tourist. So this is a song. I actually, I don't know if you knew, Jeremy. Did I? I've told you that I have a Radiohead tattoo. You did tell me that. So I have a tattoo on my left calf. It's a the Radiohead. It's a logo. It's a Radiohead bear, and it has lyrics on the uh, above and below the the logo. And the lyrics say, "Hey man, slow down, slow down." And at the bottom it says, "Idiot, slow down, slow down." Those lyrics are from this song, the tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought, like, you know, I'm going to be true to myself. I think this is a beautiful song. It's maybe, if I had to rent, it might be my favorite song of all time, too, by anybody. Wow. My, my personal favorite. Yeah. So no yeah. pressure if you hate it. No. <laughs> it's only my personal favorite song ever, yeah. Jeremy. It's yeah. just really, um, but, but it's, so it's a sl- song about slowing down, really enjoying things. The pace of the song is slow, so it forces you to kind of get in that slow down mindset like it says hey man slow down slow down like it really and that's like honestly like in a lot of ways how how i try to live my life is not always being in a rush slowing down stop and appreciate things really soak things in it's what this song's about it actually came about when they were um the band was just like at a in paris they were at a cafe and i think it was johnny greenwood uh one of the lead guitar players and and by the way like these guys play like multiple instruments. Like they, I, it's it's unfair to just call Johnny like a guitar player because he just does so much um, yeah. other things. But so they were noticing like these tourists, like on this tour bus, kind of just like basically rushing around, and they wondered like, are they really seeing anything? Like they're seeing stuff, but are they really like taking it in? So that's kind of what the song's about, and that's why you know it means a lot to me, and I have it tattooed on myself. Yeah, so again, no sure. pressure if you hate it; it's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's really beautiful. I'll send you some notes. Of course, it might be my favorite Tom York vocal performance. Too. Okay. So, so there's that. So we have Paranoid Android and the Tourist from OK Computer. Then I'm going to go to Kid A, which was kind of a lightning rod of an album. It was a different kind of album, more electronic more atmospheric. So I'm going to pick a, a song that's a moody, atmospheric kind of song, but it's still pretty accessible, I think. It's still a really gorgeous song, and it's called How to Disappear Completely from Kid A, and that was released in 2000, three years after OK Computer. I'm not here. Here. 
And this is a song like it's meant to sound like you're floating while listening to it. It has a nice, cool, like floating kind of tempo. It has gradual escalation. It's got really beautiful strings, string arrangement. Uh, and then that's one thing too when you listen to Radiohead, they do a lot of like interesting melding of instruments and like the arrangements are really interesting to me and they do harmonies like a lot of like the aspects that i think you like about the beatles exist in radiohead as well as far as like the elements of the song being constructed in a certain way and working well with each other and this song's to me a good example of that so we have so that's how to disappear completely from the kid a album all right and then next this is all chronological so next, I'm going to 2003. It's from an album called Hail to the Thief. Do you get it? Like, like yeah. Hail to the Chief. But yeah, no. I, it was 2003, I, so everything was like super politically charged. Yeah, and, <laughs> I got it. I, 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 I got it. I, and everything like that. So <laughs> I got it. I, um, but it's a song from Hail to the Thief called There, There. There, There? Yes. And to me, it's one of their best drum songs. The really the drums really stick out. And actually, when they play this song live, two of the band members are on either side of the stage on drums, kind of doing it like the cadence and stuff, like together. Sounds really neat. Um, the song really builds. It crescendos like four minutes in into something like really big. But I think There There is... Well, all of these are some of my favorite Radiohead songs, but I think it's like the the jewel of the hail to the thief album and i think it's okay. a good accessible kind of song to get gotcha. into and all of these I, I was i was aiming for accessibility in a lot of ways i'm not gonna I don't, i'm not gonna throw you something too weird <laughs> initially no 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 i i that's think like it's a, it's essential what whatever you feel is so yeah. like you know for this or in the future what you i can get weird no. Yeah. Hashtag okay. let's get weird. Okay. But, so if, so if, don't let that hold t- you back. All right. I'm dipping my toe in the water a little bit though. Yeah. I wanted it to be like, and then we'll fill it out. And then if you like some of the stuff, then I have other recommendations. So, so that's there, there. So we have Paranoid Android, The Tourist, How to Disappear Completely, and There, There. And then the last one is from 2007. It's from In Rainbows, which is kind of the album that prompted me to really get into Radiohead. It's my second favorite Radiohead album behind OK Computer in rainbows and i wanted to pick something a little more upbeat and accessible but that's still pretty interesting to me so it's a song called jigsaw falling into place It's an upbeat song. I love how like the guitar sings a little bit, and you'll probably be able to hear what I mean when you listen to this song. Um, there's like a buildup, and it really kicks in. The urgency of Tom York's voice toward the end of the song is really neat. So that's why I picked Jigsaw Falling Into Place. So 
Paranoid Android, the tourist, had to disappear completely. There, there, and Jigsaw falling into place are your five songs that I give you for homework. And then, yeah, yeah, we'll reconvene. Um, do you have I, any thoughts or questions before? I have one. Yeah, I do have a question for you, and it, mm-hmm. it, it won't impact any, but just out of curiosity, because okay. this really is a blind spot for me, pun intended. So it is, um, there's certain artists and groups who it's like, it doesn't diminish or either way, but some you can, you when you listen to them, you hear their the influences in their music. Who influence you know yeah. like, and there's others who are completely like, oh, they're just original. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, is Radiohead like? Do you hear like the influences when you listen to them, or are they something like you never heard? They're just an original, unique thing in their own yeah. way. I hear a lot of Beatles in their stuff. Um, there's a song called The Wolf at the Door off of Hail to the Thief that sounds to me like a lot like a Beatles song, like the same melody and stuff. So I, I hear a lot of Beatles. I know they were influenced by R.E.M. quite a bit. They love R.E.M. Um, the name Radiohead is actually taken from a Talking Heads song called Radiohead. Oh, um, okay. Uh, I could kind of see like Tom York gets influenced by electronic artists quite a bit. Like Aphex Twin, I know, um, is a big influence on Tom York. Tom York and Johnny Greenwood, for the most part, are like the principal songwriters in the band. Um, but you can see, especially on Kid A, you can see like electronic influences, the Chemical Brothers, uh, I think kind of things like that. Um, so I so I, I can hear some influences. They're not a total like this music has just never existed ever before. You yeah. know? Um, but I think they do a good job of putting their own spin on it and making it sound interesting at the okay. same time. Okay, no, and I definitely I love Talking Heads, big fan of them, and uh, no, just want it because I, I, I honestly, and I'm glad I, you know, for the like it's the truth. Like I know one song by them. Like I, mm. I've heard of the OK Computer album just from being a fa- in the list of you know Rolling Stones 500. So seeing that up there and yeah, and you know looking it up about like oh how why it's on like a list of great albums, but never really dove into it or listened to it so i really know as far as i can remember maybe you, something might freshen my memory Paranoid like, android might be something that yeah you heard, but yeah but besides creep nothing rings yeah. a bell like oh i know that song by them so i'm really excited to really finally sit down and like listen oh this is perfect then so we will reconvene Jeremy and i will reconvene in like a week for the listener, it'll be like 20 seconds or so. Pretty much. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear us pretty shortly. You don't have to wait a week. So, yeah, Jeremy, this is going to be fun. I'll see you then. All right, man. Looking forward to it. It's a week later, and we are back, and Jeremy had a homework assignment, I guess five little homework assignments Mm -hmm. (laughs) that amounted to one big homework assignment. Uh, We'll talk about those five songs in more detail, but I just want, I'm curious, Jeremy, 
just about how your process was in terms of like listening to the songs that I gave. Uh, I did reach out to you, Jeremy, during the week, and I was like, oh, I forgot to say, listen on headphones, because that yeah. was like an important thing for me, and mm-hmm. I think you'll pick up on a lot more, listen on headphones. So that's one thing that I forgot to say in our intro, that I reached out to you via text. So I'm just curious, like, what was your process just with this homework assignment? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, since this is our first, you know, blind spotted episode, I really did the opposite of what I usually do for this podcast or when I've done other podcasts, which is I try to like look up, you know, articles, books, different things to get the backstory. And then if there's a, a, a game or a movie or a show or a song, I do that second. But just trying to get the backstory, like trying to just be, be good with that. For this, I went opposite. I went songs first and then okay. did some diving into I, – I wanted to make sure, you know, gave the homework assignment that I, <laughs> I did the homework actually. So I'm like that was important to me just in case life happens. I'm like the homework's complete. Then I can do the backstory. You wanted and it to was, get that credit. Yeah, you know, First that's foremost. That's what's important in class, you know. Hey, at least you did the homework, you know. Yes. You get that's that's a big part of the grade. So I did the homework before the extra credit. Before the extra credit. So um it was really interesting, I have to be honest. It was very different and very not what I was expecting at all. Okay. Okay. Like so yeah. uh Did you listen? So did you listen to these songs like five all in one shot? Or did you kind of take space and did you listen to one song multiple times? Like, What was your listening process as far as how you like try to absorb right. the songs? I didn't do it all in one spot. I kind of broke it up throughout the week. And a lot of times what happened would be I would listen to, because, you know, YouTube and different things. I'd hear the actual, like, the album version. And then I would listen to a live version Okay, a lot okay. of times. And for me, I know we're, we're going to get into it more. This group live looks amazing. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And I'm definitely, like, Yeah, I'll definitely talk about them live too, but I'm glad yeah. you said that. Yeah, they like that where it was like some of these, and I'm like, oh, wow, it blows it out the water, like watching some of these live performances that they gave of like the songs that you uh, gave me for homework. And I think that's interesting because there's other artists throughout, you know, present and in the past who some are, you love them as artists, but then like they're not the, no knock on them, but they're not the greatest live performers. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, there's some who I'm like, when I listen to their songs on the radio or an album, it's okay, I like it. But then live, it's like, whoa, like they step it up a bit. And they're, to me, they're kind of more in like in the middle going to the ladder, but like their live stuff, it was like, whoa, that's a, yeah. that's a big difference. Yeah, I ha- as a fan, I, I became, I saw them live for the first time in 2008. And I had become a big fan around 2007. Like, I liked them before that. But when I was telling you in the intro that I came to them kind of late, that was around 2007. And then I got to see them live in San Diego in 2008. And that's just like, yeah, they, their, their live show really opened things up to even yeah. more. Like, they were super, super impressive live. And there's bands that that I go watch, and they're terrible. Like, I don't mind saying this, like, like uh, Counting Crows. Like, I'm not a huge, huge Counting Crows fan. Okay. But I've liked some of their stuff. I like the song Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife Melinda and I saw them a few years ago, and quite honestly, we thought we thought they were terrible. Like mm-hmm. we were just sitting there going like, "Hey!" And luckily, you know, we we were entertained because Rob Thomas played before them, and Rob Thomas 
I don't know how I, I'm not like a huge fan, but he was yeah. great live. Like he was super entertaining live, and I awesome. enjoyed it. Um, but Counting Crows, when they played Mr. Jones, it like seemed like they didn't want to be there. At least Adam yeah. Gerritz like didn't want to be there. So that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice to when a when a band or an artist that you like can can produce that live as well. Is there an artist for you that's either pleasantly surprised you or maybe disappointed you a little bit live? Well, uh, I'll say pleasantly surprised was i know it's but for me for someone who knew this person but didn't grow up listening to him until honestly i had friends at college who like really introduced me but it was bruce springsteen and i had known some songs and he was very hit or miss when i was growing up i'm like the songs i like and like i like and then there was no middle ground it was like i don't really like the other ones there's a few i like so i was like uh whatever bruce springsteen cut you know i'm at sophomore year of college a lot of start hanging out with some guys and they loved Bruce Springsteen and they went and got, I forget what, I can't remember, but like they got the born to run like anniversary set. And I was like, why'd you do that? And they're like, no, just come watch it with us. And I was like, yeah. nah, it's Bruce. Spr- I know Bruce. And they're like, no, please. And they asked, and I'm like, all right. So I sat in their dorm room and I watched they, you know, like the performance that, the, you know, the E street band and them did. It's like a clip from back in the seventies when they were in London and I'm like, these guys are amazing. I'm like, this is great. And then they started giving me more, like like you, homework. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce, you know, is a Philadelphia, like he, this is one of his staples. Like, you know, when he's on tour, like he he's come to Philly a lot. And Philly identifies with him, you know, him being from Jersey. So I was, it was cool to go with them probably a couple years later to a Springsteen show. And it was amazing to see him live. He blew me away. And I'm like, wow, this is yeah. awesome. I had that same experience with Springsteen too, man. Like I was a casual fan. I liked yeah. the hits and I saw him in 2009 at the Bonnaroo Music Festival in Tennessee. Okay. My friend Patrick and I were just like looking at the schedule and we're like, we're here. We should go see Bruce. He's like right there. I did the same thing with the band Fish too. I was like, oh, I'm here. I'll go check Fish out or whatever. But so, so my friend Patrick and I went and saw Bruce because we were there and we knew we liked some of the songs that we – but we were watching the show, looking at each other like, this is so good. Like, he's a yeah. showman, lots of energy. Even when he played, it was the it was the middle of June, and he played Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And mm-hmm. it just, like, made sense, and he played it with such heart. And just oh, every yeah. other song was good, too. So he turned me from just kind of a casual to, like, I love Bruce. And exactly. And live show. And I went for, exactly, and that's the thing. He's someone a good, I flipped to now. I have his books. Like when his book came out, I got the book. When he had Springsteen on Broadway, I was like, I gotta watch this. I gotta see this. When he even had that on on Max, the Springsteen and Howard Stern special, I'm like, it's Bruce. And now I like, I'm not an expert on Bruce, but I know so much more about mm-hmm. him. And I've become such a fan and admire, like you know, the craftsmanship, but then the passion he shows and the charisma he has, but then even him talking about like how he is off stage and his bat. Like I just connect with him a lot. And 15 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, Bruce Spring, he's okay. Like I didn't think he was a scrub or nothing, but I was right. like, he's all right. But now from them showing me that born to run, you know, uh, set that DVD set and then going to see him live. I love Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he's great. And uh, maybe this is a precursor to a Bruce Springsteen episode. I don't I'd know. Love like, it. We're I kind would of, love yeah, it. We're like the groundwork yeah. for that. Absolutely. So I, I'm glad you looked at live videos of Radiohead so we can incorporate. Like, I'll definitely ask you uh, about 
you know what what you saw with with those live videos as compared to the the album version and, and everything like that. I'm glad you did that. You kind of t- took it a step further with your yeah. homework. That you do get extra credit. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, one thing I'll say: a lot of artists, you know, especially artists who are very successful. I mean, even so, those who only have like a one hit wonder, like, but you have a signature song. And I think, like, for Radiohead, like, it doesn't mean it's their best or your favorite, but it's, like, the song that they're known for. Mm-hmm. And I think Creep is that for Radiohead, right? Definitely. But if I look at other artists, like, for example, if you give me Nirvana and Smells Like Teen Spirit, they've done things that were different, but that, if someone never heard Nirvana and you hear Smells Like Teen Spirit, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Nirvana. That's not, like, so different. And different art, you know, you do Billie Jean for Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah, that's Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, I don't think I ever seen it where a signature song for a group or an artist is so different than what, <laughs> like, the artists are. Yeah. Like, if I didn't know any better, I would think there were two different bands who do from Creep and then the songs that you gave me and then listen, I'm like, this does not sound like the same group at all yeah and a lot of times artists don't they get tired of their signature song and they hate that they're associated with it and i'm kind of like why i totally get it with radiohead why they don't like being they're a little embarrassed by yeah and kind of that early because the whole pablo honey album to me is not that great there's a few songs that are good off that album but i don't i think radiohead looks back at pablo honey and just sees like silly kids made that album yeah in a yeah. way they don't really perform creep live uh, so a casual fan who goes to see radiohead expecting creeps probably not going to happen uh, they've almost disowned it in a way um i try to be night nice because i as i get i listen to it, it's not a bad song but i i never liked it i yeah. never liked it i like it it is what it is it's, i never could get into it like yeah. it just was it, yeah. it's it's like maybe it just it doesn't you know have that 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 makeup that can it doesn't when i yeah. hear it it doesn't like it doesn't i kind of like scrunch my face and i'm like Ugh. <laughs> have you seen did, have you ever seen patrice o'neill talk about creep i don't think i've seen that bit <laughs> well look it up i'll probably play a little bit of it yeah sound clip here but look up patrice o'neill you know patrice o'neill oh, i i was gonna see yeah. him right before i love patrice before he passed you were gonna yeah. see him yeah no patrice was great but he had this bit he was on the radio some radio show i'm, I'm telling you i've been studying i study man it's not this is all oh, this feels good. Yeah. I wish I was special. <laughs> You're so effing special. Yeah. That's, whatever that little party is, that digs in the white people's soul. That part It does something to you. He might break down why you you don't really feel in touch with that song. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe because I I just never could connect with that. And then yeah, and that was on me. That's my fault that I didn't listen to more stuff. Yeah, but like I was listening to these songs and I'm like, this does not sound like creep at all. Or like this is Radiohead. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is different. So I don't yeah. know. And maybe someone listening can correct. Or I don't know. Later on, something pops in. I don't know if a artists who it's like their signature song is so different than what the group really is i can think of niche songs like there was a 90s rock song called pepper by butthole surfers Mm -hmm. and 
that the, the rest of the crew, like the, a lot of the rest of their material didn't really sound a ton like that song. Uh, but they were almost like a, they weren't a one hit wonder. I know a lot of people who liked them and I, I've delved more into their catalog, but they had like one hit. And I think okay. people who delved further into Butthole Surfers catalog, which by the name of the band, you could tell like it's more of a weird kind yeah, of yeah. <laughs> out there thing. But that's uh, like the one kind of random group that I could think of. But you're right. Radiohead is uh, one of those. Ones. And I think it's great that you said that because a lot of people have that experience okay. uh, with yeah. Radiohead as well. So anything else about your process before we gonna like kind of go through these songs that I gave you individually? Because I'm curious about what you thought. No, no, I'm ready to go. All right, so the first song that I gave you, Jeremy, and I went chronologically. So I started in 97 off of OK Computer, which I had said is my favorite album of all time. And the first song I gave you was Paranoid Android. So, And I sent, for the listeners at, um, at home, I sent Jeremy uh, bullet-pointed uh, notes, essentially. I emailed Jeremy notes of just kind of things that I hear in the song and just to almost like guided sort of listening experience. So the first song was Paranoid Android. And I described it as like they're almost a bohemian rhapsody. It's like a three-parter. Um, I had said that like the instruments in the song work well with each other. I love some of the vocal harmonies at the end. So Paranoid Android, Jeremy, like what was your experience and reaction to that one? For me, it was, that was the first one. Like I went in order of what you gave. So that was the first one I started with. And it was very unique. And and I think it'll be that'll be a theme of how I feel throughout this. It was different, not in a bad way, but it was mm-hmm. just like it was. And I did see like yeah, it's definitely a song that is. It's three different songs in one. I felt the first two parts were a little like kind of like quirky and you like different, but like you didn't see it coming. Like what the third part with the harmonies yeah. and like that kind of like the rain down part yeah. is kind of I like to call it. Yeah, right. Like that part is what like kind of really took it where I'm like, if you take that part out, I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. That part made me go, oh, I like this. Like this was that was really that, and it was perfect the way they did it. It was the right part to end on. You know, I feel like I feel like that was a good setup and kind of like to bring that into it. And it kind of just had like, yeah, like you really hear, you know, a lot of these artists we're gonna we have talked about and will talk about are extremely talented and you know they're great artists, but you really hear the artistry in this song i feel and like wow these these are how do i say this right cuz like uh, they really focus on the craft and the yeah, beauty it's like of textured the craft. like the yeah. music's textured to me like the instruments you could tell that they're doing something with the arrangements that are really like i agree with you like they do focus on crafting their songs and arranging everything like just just so almost and it, it almost feels like like a lot of artists like they they might have a, a variety of background growing up, but it, it almost feels like a lot of these guys, oh like I don't know, and I didn't get a chance. I did listen to stuff and hear more about the group mm-hmm. and do like deep on some podcasts and, and other things, but I was probably I still have a ways to go. I'll I'll continue to do that. But if it 
if you were told me that these guys have a background in choir, they have a background in, like, they seem like they're well-rounded musicians. And I don't know how true that is or not, but, like, I feel like there's a, they have a deep background and that's why they're, they're, they're doing this. Like, that's why you're, you're getting all that. Yeah. So the experience, so you were familiar with creep and then the experience listening to this only really being familiar with creep, like how was that a little jarring? I was stunned. I'll be honest. (laughs) And I'm not just saying that I was like, I, I'm going to be real with you. I had to like, look back. I, cause I printed out the email. So I had the hard copy. Okay. I'm looking at it now. I had to double check. I was like, I might've got this wrong. Then I went on YouTube and was like, is there like a funky version? Like, did I, click on the wrong thing because i was like this was isn't this the remix of, yeah i was like paranoid android yeah or some yeah. like youtuber <laughs> just did their own little twist to it so which is honestly i can be real with you then that's how i wasn't i was going to be like going into the week the live shows was like if i have time yeah when i was like is this real with paranoid and that's when i went i'm like let me see the live show is that yeah. and then i was like oh that is the song but it sounded very different. Yeah. And I forget, um, you're probably going to know, it's that Glastonbury. Glastonbury. Like, so I thought that's one, if you would have said, I want to see a clip of Paranoid Android live, what should I go check out? I would have suggested one of the two, either Glastonbury 97 or Glastonbury 2003. It was the 03 one I saw. It was the 03 one? Okay. That yeah, was that, awesome. I would have said I would have pointed you to either one of those. That was so cool, and the crowd being into it, and it was like it elevates the song. Like that's not a song when I first heard it. I felt like that's a song you know you can kind of chill with if I'm if me and you were hanging out at your house or you're at my house and it, maybe a couple other friends and we just you know we're talking and we put some background music on. I like it. It's not a song I would think a crowd. I don't know how many that it looked like a hundred thousand people at least Glastonbury is ridiculous yeah <laughs> the crowd yeah that it's a song that you're chanting back and forth and getting into like that and that blew me away and I'm like that was the first step of like oh th- this group live is something special here not that they're not a special group in their own right but like this is an experience I was like mm-hmm. take me back 20 years ago I, I'd want to be there like that's awesome so yeah. It, it was interesting. That was a big wake up call, and I was like, "I think, I think I typed this in wrong. Like, this is wrong." But <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's it was, it was something else. Yeah. yeah, with the with Paranoid Android Live, I think every time I've seen them. So it was San Diego in two thousand eight. I saw them at Coachella in twenty twelve, in Houston, in Phoenix one year. Melinda and I saw them in L A. We were lucky enough to see them in like a small smallish theater in LA like that was amazing so I've seen them like five or six times and I think they've done Paranoid Android every time that I've seen them Jeremy because it's a it's a crowd pleaser of a song um now every time I've that's a I'm glad you said that that's a good point I want to know um you said the one time is a small theater is that Mm -hmm. usually how you saw them in a more intimate setting or was it like a stadium kind of a thing I saw them for the first time at an amphitheater in Chula Vista California uh, near San Diego and then I also saw them in basketball arenas. So in Houston Rockets Arena in Houston and the Suns Arena in Phoenix. 
and then at Coachella, which is a big music festival. Yeah. So yeah, it's either been amphitheaters or basketball stadiums or like uh, like Coachella. But the one time in L.A. when when my wife and I saw them was a smallish kind of theater, and it, we 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 got so lucky to even get tickets to that. I got in about one second after they went on sale, and I had wow. friends who kept saying, "Oh, I got shut out, I got shut out," and I'm like, "I pulled two tickets, and I feel so lucky." So Melinda and I flew out to to L.A. And saw Radiohead in this like more intimate setting. This was in 2016, so wow. that, that's the last most recent time I saw. Well, them. and I think that's what blew me away with these live shows was if you would have told me like I'm like I would have pictured them as like yeah they're especially here in Paranoid Android and then the other songs mm-hmm. that they're they're built for like a small theater intimate setting kind of like a unplugged tight like that's like them and mm-hmm. I feel like they definitely can do that. I would not have pictured them for either basketball arenas or these big stadium arenas and and like it being a like because some artists just like comedians, some comedians can kill it in Madison Square Garden or a big arena. And then some need like that small, intimate setting doesn't diminish the comedy of either, but it's just the style and some artists like musicians are like that. Some it's built for big arenas and some it's more intimate awesome to see that i from what i'm gathering that they're both it's both both yeah and with their shows so they have a lot going on on stage as far as like the amount of instruments that are being played and everything they also tend to have a a pretty cool light show too so Mm. like visually with the light show and the screens and such um that radiohead will give you a good stage show as far as that goes so yeah they can definitely do both out of these five songs i gave you i've seen four of them in person there's okay. one that I haven't seen that okay. I yeah that I wish I would have checked off my list, but <laughs> alas. So um, we're doing a thumbs up on Paranoid Android. I'm gonna Seems give a like. thumbs up on Paranoid Android and uh, two thumbs up on Live Paranoid <laughs> Android. <laughs> awesome, yeah, and also with Paranoid Android Live, like what stood out to me, what stands out to me is like when they do the harmonies at the end. So that's Tom York and then Ed O'Brien. Uh, one of the guitar players tends to harmonize with him at the end when they go the rain down and then they yeah. harmonize with each other. That's usually on record. I think that's Tom harmonizing with himself, but live, mm-hmm. I think Ed O'Brien harmonizes oh, okay. with him. So yep. they kind of do things somewhat different live depending on what's needed. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Paranoid Android. Awesome. Um, more suggestions just real quick. Both are from the Benz. If you like Paranoid Android, I think Fake Plastic Trees from the bends and also the song the bends maybe similar vibes not totally but i can see you then liking the bends and fake plastic trees if you like this one i heard them today i had a lot of driving as you you knew so i put on the 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 ringer podcast band splained yeah oh Um, wow yeah with uh yasi salik Great, yes. she's she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Bit, I like her a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I I had the the Radiohead episodes on, and they they so I didn't listen to they didn't you know they didn't play the full, yeah. but they did play those songs. So I heard them honestly today before. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, rec- or the recording. So yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, so the next song that I gave was also off of OK Computer. It's how much I love this album. I'm like, am I really gonna give two songs? Off of OK Computer, the answer is yes. I am going to give two <laughs> OK Computer songs. So this one was the the closure to the album, The Tourist. I told Jeremy, no pressure, because it's only my favorite song of all time, and I have the chorus tattooed on my calf. 
Um, but other than that, like, you know, yeah. no pressure as far as liking <laughs> it. But um, it's a song, like I said, about slowing down, really enjoying things. The pace of the song, in my opinion, forces you to do just that. So the pace of it fits the theme. Love the vocal performance, the singing guitars. Deremy, the tourist, uh, your impressions. This one was interesting because I know I know how special it is to you, and I take that in consideration for sure. What I will say that I'm getting from is that, like I said before, the craftsman shit, like they're they're really on it and they're really to the T. Like I feel like there's no stone unturned. So this is a beautifully like well put together song. Mm-hmm. It's not the slow song that I connect with though. It didn't okay. hit me. Like it's not a bad song yeah, in yeah, any yeah. way, but it was kind of like I wouldn't go to it. As like, all right, I'm in that kind of like, it's a rainy kind of mood. I'm going to go to the tourist. But if it came on, like if someone had on like, you know, just a random mix, Spotify mix, I like it. It is good. It is a great vocal performance from Tom York. I do like that. I will say where it, it kind of picked up was the guitar. Yeah. And I feel like toward the later end of the song, that, that guitar playing there, it's what I will say with these songs is there's, there's like multiple songs within one, what I'm getting a lot of times for different ones that you've given me and that I've heard. And then it's like, if they didn't put that second song in or that third type <laughs> of song, I'd be like, I don't know. But then, yeah. hearing that i'm like oh okay like so i'm glad you gave these notes because you definitely have to hang in there because if you're someone who's like after a minute you're like skip or next yeah. oh, i can see you in this yeah yeah you're, you're not going to get it so i'm glad you gave that and i mean because it's the show and stuff i wouldn't have done that but it was good to like it kept my focus instead of being like, I don't know, Thomas. Yeah. And then it's, you like, know. No, it's coming. Yeah, coming. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think definitely that guitar at the end was like, oh, that's really beautiful. And um, and I think that's what I've kind of gotten from, it's only been a week, people, so give me, you know, I'm not acting <laughs> like I'm an expert on Radiohead. Like, I'm still going to do more research even after this episode, but it's for a music fan. Like, you ever heard the term? I know you have, Thomas, but like a comedian's comedian. Yeah. I feel like for music fans, if you're a music fan who plays music and knows like music theory, you know music really well, this is like the perfect like band. And if you're like someone like me who admires instruments, I've dabbled, but I don't know them like that. And I don't like know music theory like that, but I'm a big fan. And I know it's like, oh, you need someone more like you with that inside knowledge to like break it down. But if you're like a fan who's like played played music growing up, this is like an all-time band for you. I'm glad, Mandy, that you, you brought up the guitars because that's what really brings this song together for me, for sure. And the only way I was, a, I was able to describe them to you was that the guitars sing.
guitars are just really belting out and singing. And there's a specific guitar sound at, at, that I, I even time stamped it for you at the end that always gives me chills. But the guitars really bring this together. And even though I joked about, oh, this is my favorite song of all time, Jeremy, no pressure. Like, I can see why this might not be, like, someone's favorite. Like, I think it's an outlier. Like, if you pulled a bunch of Radiohead fans, I can't even imagine. I'm in the there, – there might be 15 other people out there maybe who's, like, will cite the tourist as their favorite song. Uh, I don't know. but So I can understand if it's, like, not – not your speed, especially the beginning before those guitars kick in. I can definitely understand that, but and it sounds like it sounds like you you appreciated it, but it's not like something that you would necessarily keep going back to or go back to. And, and a lot of this, like doing this homework, it makes sense why young Jeremy didn't get it because young Jeremy would not. I was very much. I loved music. I loved the history of it and learning about it, but it was just like. Does it pop or not? Does, mm-hmm. Do I connect? Does it hit me? Does, is it getting that, like, that, whatever, that brain chemistry where I'm, it's getting some kind of feeling out of me? If it doesn't do that, then next, you know, that's kind of how I was. And as I've gotten older, it's really even just hearing, like, man, how people are putting together this song and the attention to details on it. And learning that and meeting people, you know, with that knowledge like yourself, it's really sitting down there where I'm like, it's making me have to sit there and being like, yeah, some songs by a certain artist may click with me better. But even if that one doesn't click, listening to like, wow, that's unique what they're mm-hmm. doing in this song and giving it props. Yeah, I know you're a, you're a huge music fan. You appreciate it. So I knew that there's a, there was at least some a lot of elements that you could pick out and appreciate. Yeah, I, I was really confident in that and this song the tourist uh Jeremy, it's not something that i could relay firsthand the live experience because i've never seen this song i was going to guess live. that yeah this is, guess, the one. is this the one yeah this is the one um they rarely do this song and i kind of think it's a hard song to sing because <laughs> some of the live stuff that i've heard hasn't been the best and i'm I, even though they're my favorite band i could be real when they don't quite hit it on a performance. Yeah. And I don't think Tom York really hits it with this song live. So I think it's probably a hard song for him to sing. And he just, they just don't bother with it. <laughs> right. Um, Cause I actually haven't been, I wouldn't recommend going to seek out seeing the tourist live on YouTube or whatever. Cause I don't really never seen a good version of it um, as far as vocally. So, uh, and then, it, and that's, you know, like I said, they never, they're rarely, uh, play this song. I mean just sentimentally I would like you know I would still like to see it live just mm-hmm. you know as for sentimental reasons but uh, they yeah. don't a song that they really do enjoy playing live and it's one that Gnarls Barkley covered is Reckoner so I would okay. suggest Reckoner too that's a really good one okay I'll, I'll listen to that for sure I'll listen to both versions um, yeah one, one last thing before we go to the next one is the, so this is you had the two okay computer uh, songs and mm-hmm. this was the second one so Someone, you know, who loves looking at, like, list of best albums of the 90s or, you know, greatest albums of all time, whatever the case may be. I know they're your group. I know you love this album. But when you look at, like, those lists, I know you look at those lists, too, like I yeah, do. absolutely. Taking out your, like, the 
as unbiased as you can be, do you feel like OK Computer gets the right recognition when you see it? Is it too low, too high? Like, how do you feel? Because this is the album I do see on all these lists. Yeah. But I, I, I know it's one of the ones that I, I don't know. Like, are big Radiohead fans like, yeah, that's right where it should be? Are they like that's too high or too low? Like, how do they feel? I think they feel it's just right. I think uh, OK Computer is usually the one that critics go to as far as like this is the Radiohead album or yeah. one of the defining albums of the 90s. I think it, to me, I'm biased a little bit, but it, I mean, not a little bit, I'm very biased, but I think it, it, it deserves the praise that it gets and I think it's properly rated. Um, I think usually if I, I think most lists, if it's just a general, if it's like alternative or rock or just a general list, I think OK Computer deserve to be on top 10 top 20 yeah that's where i usually favorite. see it yeah if it's, it's not like high. number one even though i have it number one if it's not number one i'm not like oh this list is invalid because okay computer's not at the top or what like you know i get it uh but i think it's usually rated top 10 top 20 and i think it deserves it yeah i see it very high yeah and i feel like in the more recent years i've seen it even higher and it's one of those ones that are like really high that I'm like, I really don't, I'm honest with myself. I don't know. I hear it about it a lot. That was the one thing I could say, Creep, the song. And then I knew even before this, okay, I knew the album name, OK Computer. I heard it all yeah. the time, saw it, but hadn't listened to it really. So It's their yeah. best, in my opinion, front to back. Like there's the other standouts like um, Karma Police is another popular one that people would know. Uh, Let Down, Exit Music. Uh, that that was uh, in the uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Leonardo DiCaprio mm. uh, version of that. That song was in there. Okay. Um, there's just I think that whole album. There's 12 tracks, and I think it's great front to back. So we're getting out of the 90s now with uh, with OK Computer. The next song I gave you is from a uh, it's from Kid A, which was a big departure. It kind of stopped critics in their tracks. They didn't really know what to make of Kid A. It had a lot of electronic influences. A lot of it was very down tempo, and I, I gave you a really down tempo one, but I thought I thought it was an accessible one that was still atmospheric and stuff, and it built to something. So it's one of those things where, like, I'm I can imagine you listening to it, and like I'm I'm like the angel on your shoulder, Jeremy, and I'm like Jeremy, just hang in there, like it's gonna pop, like trust me, it's gonna pop. And so uh, it was how to disappear completely from Kid A. Uh, so what did you think about this more like moody atmospheric vibe? I like this one, so I'll uh, and we we have two more songs, so I don't want to mm-hmm. say everything, but I I really did like it, and going in the order, it, it's rising up, which I don't know, I know that's opposite of typical Radiohead like fans. As we get later, I'm liking their stuff more. Wow, and so yeah. like, and this is like a good like you know this is the third of the five, so it's like a good like dividing point of like from here I'm like okay like i'm I'm really and, and part of it is like i don't know like but you grow as especially these guys were so young when they started like that first album so then as time as you mature you you know you should get better in my opinion but like i really did enjoy this song and i think yeah. it just was and i think um i've heard a lot about like tom york and his singing but i I just love what they're doing as like musicians. Like that's that's hitting me, and no disrespect to him because I, from what I've heard, great voice and everyone talks about his voice as being really unique and really good. But like, just these guys, like just as 
musicians it's really hitting me and that's what i'm looking at quicker than even like the vocals in these yeah songs. well that's what pops out to me when i especially when my first became a huge huge fan of them was the arrangements of the of the instruments and more so like what johnny greenwood so the other guys it's tom york then johnny greenwood colin greenwood ed o'brien and philip selway is the drummer and what those guys are doing too with the instrumentation really is the thing that popped to me first about Radiohead. From here on out for the list, and I, I don't know how you feel, but so listening to like a lot of like, even up here in Philly, like we have like, you know, the alternative radio station. So I do listen to like a lot of alternative music. And a lot of times they'll, they'll play like 90s, but like it's like 2000s to present you're hearing on it, right? And different things like that. And when I'm listening to this song and then even from here on out, I could be off, but it's like all these groups in like from the two thousand like twenty tens, it's like they're they're like the children of Radiohead. In some and ways. Like, yeah. Yeah, like these two thousand, two thousand ten. I feel like the twenty tens had like a comeback for alternative music in a way. Like it kind of and I feel like, oh, when I'm hearing them and that kind of was what hit me when I listened to these two thousands songs of Radiohead, it's like Oh, this is what I was hearing on 104.5, yeah. the alternative station. Like It wasn't this group, like these songs, but those songs that I liked seem like they're very influenced by these songs right here that you picked. They almost became, they, uh, the, you're not off, they almost became a, like the poster child for the, gen, the general genre yeah. <laughs> of like alternative music or yeah. whatever. Radiohead was almost the poster child for that, which probably... Is the reason maybe that some music fans started resenting them a little mm-hmm. bit <laughs> in some yeah, ways, always, but you're yeah. not totally off base as yeah. far as them being like a poster child for that. And this song, Deremy, How to Disappear Completely, this is the one that I felt like I took the biggest chance with as far as putting it on the playlist. Okay. I didn't know how you did with like, I didn't know where you were as far as atmospheric music goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this song you. definitely has that atmospheric quality, but I didn't know where you were as far as atmospheric music. I walk through walls. I float down the living. I'm not You know, it's really weird with, I mean, I think with a lot of pop culture stuff, it's like, and I don't know how other, maybe other fans can relate to it who are fans of different things. It's almost like if I'm prepped, if I'm prepped for it, I'm okay. I can like manage like for the most part. But if I go into it with like no expectations, and I can go either way, or you're thinking one thing and then you get something else. It's kind of like a mind fart where I'm like, oh, what, what, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't know. I got to revisit this. But if I'm like, hey, like, because I've had friends do that for movies or show, it's going to be like this and that. It's like different than what we usually, it's like, oh, thanks for the heads up. All right. I, I can like get ready for it. So if you just put that on and it was like, I'd be like, what? This was another one where I'm like, this is, I don't, I don't know what's going on here because I'm just like, Creep does not fit. 
Like it's just, yeah. I, I'm like Creep this is not the same. Yeah, especially compared to any songs from Kid A, that's you're gonna have that reaction. Yeah, I'm just like this is not the same group. And then to connect it, the story, listening to because a lot of, like friends of mine, different people love like the the alternative stations that you play in Philly. Like if I put on the radio, I'll go to them because they're just. They play good stuff, and they they're more like about the music than like one song, twelve commercials, one you know what I mean like they're playing stuff, and it's like creep never they would play creep, and that never fit like everything is like that doesn't what, mm-hmm. but these songs from Kid A on like how this appear completely in the rest, I maybe I did hear them even I don't know but like this sounded and that's what it took me back to I'm like oh like. 2000s 2010s alternative music and i'm like yeah i can see like them being the forefathers and influencing a lot of these different groups so yeah this song was really awesome i don't think you're real far off with that yeah and i and i think i said i took a chance but i knew when we did our beatles episode you said you liked uh the string arrangements and like eleanor rigby like that string sound so i know in how to disappear completely there's a really soaring string arrangement Mm mm-hmm I, I said around like the three thirty mark. So I yes. thought maybe at least that would like that string arrangement there, coupled with Tom York's kind of more urgent voice, would like grab you. I thought at the very least. Yeah, it did, and I like the build-up, and I know that's a uh, an alternative music, like, different kind of, you know, where it's, like, slow, like a build-up, like, kind, and kind of re- come down. credit the Pixies with that, too. You yes. asked about Radiohead influences, and Pixies, I mean, we talked about grunge and, and, and whatnot, like, I, w- I would, it goes back to Pixies, but, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right, like, that's a staple, it became a staple throughout yeah. the years after that, yeah. What do you feel about REM and Radiohead? Is there a connection there for you, or do you feel like they're? I know they're both alternative, yeah. but do you get a RE? Like, do you feel like a not the, they're not the same, but like a similar vibe, or they're very different for you? I could see it with the harmonies. Um, yeah. Tom York si- has has been open about citing them as a huge influence. He loves. Oh, okay. If you listen to, uh, I think it's Glastonbury '97. I think REM. Either 97 or 2003, but REM had played Glastonbury that year, and Tom York shouted them out and was like, I can't believe we're playing with on the same bill as REM. I love right, those guys. Right. So he shouted them out on stage. Um, I can see it as far as like maybe the harmonies. I think if they were influenced instrumentally by REM, they took that and built off of it. But yeah. I can see the harmonies. Like The guys in REM would definitely, especially early REM, like to harmonize with each other um, really beautifully. So I can see it in that, in that respect. Yeah. I think uh, in this song kind of, I don't know why it kind of had me in that yeah. REM vibe and it's not the same song. So I hope people hear me. When I listened to it, it took me to, you know, this, I know you probably know it like night swimming. If I thought I knew you, you I cannot judge. You I thought you, That's what I connected to when I listened to How to Disappear Completely. Like, I, it took me to that. That's why I wrote it down, like, to make sure to ask you, like, uh-huh. is there... Because I know REM. I don't know. I'm learning Radiohead, so I'm like, am I off or... 
No, I don't think. I, I think that's a. I think that's a really good. Uh, you picked up on something there. I yeah. think for sure. Yeah. And when I when I see, uh, I've seen how to disappear completely live, uh, and it's one of those songs where like I like to close my eyes and kind of sway to it, and yeah. just kind of get into the, like the mood and feeling, and it's just an, and you can really feel that escalation when they perform it live, and then it builds to something big, and then like I just get this. This song gives me chills when I see it live. Absolutely. This was the second one of the five that I looked up the uh, the live versions, and I I agree, and it was better than even. And the songs are very good track, but like I seeing the live performance, I was like, made me like this is even better. I I like this song more, and so it's like the same of like with Paranoid Android, where it's the track is a a thumbs up, maybe a thumbs up and a half, and then the live version's two thumbs up, you know. Yeah, it's it's like it's even better like live like and it's already a really good song, but I really enjoyed it. I'm so fortunate that they've played this uh, in in maybe two or three times that I've seen them. Possibly, yeah, they've played this and uh, some so some other songs that I would point to. I'd mentioned Exit Music for a film from OK Computer. That's a similar vibe. Street Spirit from the Benz. It's the last track okay. from the Benz is a really good one with this vibe. And there's a song off Hail to the Thief called The Gloaming that I think fits this general vibe um this really neat atmospheric vibe so all right that was how to disappear completely the fourth song that i gave Jeremy uh was off of hail to the thief from 2003 uh called there there and i had pointed out the drums and i, I picked this because you know i liked how it built and there was a crescendo i love the drums on this and i especially love seeing this song live it's one of my favorite live songs that they do and i think it's a wonderful song on record too uh, but Jeremy, I want to know what how, what you thought of there there. For the record version, it's of the five by far my favorite one. Wow, okay. like I really enjoyed this song. Like yeah. I really, I like this one so much. I didn't look at. I got to do that. I had to look at a live version. I just I didn't need to be like let me compare it. I was jamming <laughs> with this one. I and was it hits you right away one. with the drums. Yes. Like- Yeah, it just kind of the drums hit, but then the whole thing, like, it's almost like, um, this may sound like great, but it's like, it's an instrument, like, uh, instrument ecstasy. I've never taken ecstasy, so I don't know what that's <laughs> like. I've heard things, so I don't know, but it's just like, it's like, wow, like, to the point where when I listened to this, you were right, the drums hooked me, and then I got caught up in everything, where then about, like, three and a half minutes in, I'm like, oh, the drums kind of came. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the drums. Like, yeah. I forgot about the drums. But even though you wrote that to me, and that's what hit me first, I got caught up in everything and the buildup and just how it just sounded like together. It's almost like, you know, what we're seeing now. And I'm not trying to knock young artists now or young kids doing it now, where it's like, well, what effort are you putting in? You're just kind of like have like a computer and a mixer and you're mixing these and that and it, and it's taken away. It's like, they're doing this on their own. Mm-hmm. They don't need like the mixers. Like, like it's these guys just doing it. And I really did love just how everything came together and how the song was building that for what hooked me right away, I completely forgot about it for a couple minutes. Cause I'm just like, everything's like so cool with this. <laughs> and then the drums kick up again. And I go, Oh yeah, man, the drums. That's right. That's what, and it was like, that's a really hard thing to do 
where it's like the thing that hooks you immediately in a song and not like it's like eight minutes, like an eight minute jam or something. It's like right away you kind of get caught up in everything else and you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is why I got into this song. Thomas told me like it just all just happened so beautifully. This was by far my favorite. This is five thumbs up if I could. Like I love this song. Yeah. Wow. This is one of my this is one of my five favorite Radiohead songs. So I didn't give you like these aren't Thomas's top five. I curated right, right. this more so as an introduction, but there there's probably in my top five of Radiohead songs. This is one this is an example of why I told you listen on headphones. Yeah. Because then you can really pick out like all these things meshing with each other, all the texture that's happening. So it's songs like this from like, Jeremy, you got to listen with headphones. And I did um, because I played it a couple times, you know, just making sure I heard it and being ready for the show. When I was at work and everyone had left the office and I'm like, you know, straightening up my desk and playing it. It sounded good, but I didn't have I just had it. I'm moving around. I didn't have headphones in. I it it didn't sound the same as oh I, when i had those headphones and sitting there listening it still is an amazing song but you're right to have the headphones you're getting everything that's playing and you're mm-hmm. just really hearing them do this and i think um what surprises me is when you have groups who are like that they're more cult following i'm surprised that they're such a big phenomenon in a way in a good way, it's a good surprise. It's yeah. one of those things that gives you hope for pop culture and <laughs> pop culture fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like this is a good surprise that how big they are because, uh, you know, it seems like oh yeah, this will be like a cult following kind of a thing, right. and you know they'll play like World Cafe Live at you know in Philly where it's like this little intimate setting with like fifty people. I'm like that's what this group is, but it's like no, they're playing stadiums and people are chanting back and forth and. They're a phenomenon, and it's like, really, this group? And I mean that in a good way. It's like, wow, you, you just don't think that they hit pop culture, but they right. do, and I'm glad for it. It doesn't sound like they'd be the most accessible, but they are. They, they're like, a to me, they're like a almost a perfect balance between accessibility and still just talent and the musicianship. Like, I think yeah. they blend all of that. I definitely see what you're saying. Uh, look up a live performance. It's cool. They have, like I said, like, yeah, they I have will. like the way they do the drum parts is really cool. Johnny Greenwood, who he's usually credited as like the one of the guitar players, but he's almost I would say like he's he's almost like the Phil Hartman of the group. He's the glue guy. Johnny Greenwood's a glue guy. He'll go. He'll play whatever you need. He'll be on keyboard. He'll do whatever the theremin. He'll play guitar. He'll play drums. He'll do anything that you need. If you're wondering, basically, if you see live video and you're wondering how a certain sound is happening, he'll look on uh, to Tom York's left on as you're looking. I don't know if it's stage right or whatever. As you're looking onto the right, Johnny Greenwood's usually there, and he's usually doing something. He's mm-hmm. twiddling a knob or doing something. So Johnny Greenwood's like the glue guy, like the Phil Hartman of Radiohead. Oh, okay, I like that. I like yeah. that. Um, and I think that's what gets me with like them and like a comparison to REM, which is like they're really big critically but also commercial success but they're not and from what i gather maybe and that's why i didn't know them as well they're not in the media like they're not you're not always hearing about strife it seems like at least when it comes to like credit it's not like this is really this guy's he's the brainchild it's like a lot of people are getting credit for like the success which is what you should have in a band 
So it doesn't seem if, I'm not I know there's probably, you know, everyone working together after a while there's things that come up, but it's not spilling nasty as far as I've seen. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong into the media like that. Like it's not always like they're making headlines for doing this or doing not that. Really. Or, Sometimes Oasis like the Gallagher's, one of the Gallagher's will pick a fight with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh I don't know, Tom York likes to kind of stay more low key I and mean, the rest of the band does too. Which is really interesting on how they're so popular because a lot of times when you're artists and you're like that, it doesn't really always equate to pop culture, you know, fandom and mm-hmm. this kind of commercial success that they've had. So they're really like a unique. They they don't fit into a a rock band mold or a pop culture mold, and I like that. Yeah, I think that's part of what I like too. I think you articulated something that I like about them too. So yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah, okay. for helping me reassess that yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. And uh, the, so more suggestions that I wrote down uh, for there, there, it's not one-to-one comparisons. This is a really unique song uh, to me, but I wrote let down by uh, in okay computer love let down. The most recent time that we saw them was the first time that I've seen them play let down live. Oh, so wow. I was like, I told, looked at Melinda. I'm like, Oh my God, they're, they're, they played let down. I was so like such a, big nerd with my my wife that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) Uh, i love it yeah optimistic from kid a is another one and uh, weird fishes from in rainbows uh is is another one that i kind of like if you like they're there then maybe check that stuff out. and now and and i think you might have said it in the opening when we recorded it that this album was kind of like a protest album or yeah like so it's called hail to the thief Came out in 2003. That was at the height of George W. Bush administration, and there was a lot of political urgency and strife. So um, I couldn't tell you the exact themes necessarily. Yeah, that they were because uh, a lot of their themes have to do with alienation mm-hmm. and isolation and calling truth to power or whatever. But I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a scholar when it comes to their themes. Oh no, uh, no I got necessarily. You. So yeah, but it it was more so like a political, more so than I think what Radiohead usually would do. And two thousand three, that was kind of the vibe in the world as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that that's why I just wanted to ask because I yeah. know, um, like you said, that's the height of you know the Iraq War starting. Absolutely. And, yep. And just um, and they're a British band, but of course, like it affected the world. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And especially, you know, at that point it was seemed like it was Bush and Tony Blair. Yeah. Together. So definitely one that's why when you said that I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, they're trying to be they, punny with with yeah. the, the the album title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next one that I gave you is from the album that got me like when I became a big Radiohead fan, it was during In Rainbows. So that was in two thousand seven. And I wanted to give you something that was upbeat accessible but still that i found interesting and it was jigsaw falling into place so what i wrote like i love you know the song there's a build-up it kicks in around two minutes in it's another one where the guitar sings a little bit and i felt like there's urgency in tom's voice as the song goes along so that's what i loved about jigsaw falling into place what are your thoughts about jigsaw falling into place I like this song a lot. If, I, if I'm going to rank the five, since now we, we get to the fifth. Now I'm curious about your ranking. Yeah, I'm going to um, say definitely uh, There, There's number one. That's a clear number one for me. And no knock against the other four. I just really mm-hmm. love that song. I'm going to go Jigsaw Falling in the Place 2, Paranoid, wow. Android 3. 
I really did like this song. And of the five, I, and I have no idea. I didn't look it up if it was like a radio hit or whatever. Not really? Just a tra- no. This one sounded like the of the five that could be like a pop song, even though it wasn't a pop yeah. song. This, but this That's one almost hit why that, I gave it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like this one had that kind of feel, but not like poppy where I'm like, oh, like, did they, if someone were to be like, they go soft now like no it's not that but like you said it's upbeat and kind of like like you said accessible friendly gets you kind of in a good move Like you're not like ready to like start break dancing, but you got a little bob to the head, and that's what I was doing. Like kind of like, oh, okay, I like this. I'm like, okay, Thomas, I see you. I like this pick. <laughs> it just had a really good vibe to it, and I do like you. Like you said, like there is an urgency, so you're kind of just like from the start to finish, you're just kind of like going, and it kind of just keeps picking up. That was different because, like, I'm glad you just said, like, the alienation. Like, that's what you feel, which is cool, like, that they expressed that. But it was, like, the versatility that I see here where it was, like, kind of, like, just an upbeat pop song. But still radio. They didn't lose who they were in it. That's what I liked by it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I like about it, too. As far as In Rainbows, I think the songs that stood out, they performed the, the first track, 15 Step. They performed that at the Grammys actually and i think oh, it was with okay. like the usc marching band or something like that like it was a big production so they it was in t- the 2009 uh grammys that they okay. performed 15 step and then reckoner uh was another popular one that was the one that Gnarls barkley covered uh so reckoner was was popular from in rainbows but i wouldn't have been surprised if you know in a, in a different timeline or whatever like jigsaw falling into place could have been a radio hit i think it uh it definitely has has that vibe and charm? Uh, did you did you happen to to look any live performances up? Of this I song? did, I uh-huh. did. What did you did. think? I liked them. This it kind of equaled, like so it wasn't. They both were really good for me. I really liked them both, honestly. Um, unlike some of the other ones where like the live took it to another level, this one it was both just good. I it was a nice, nice upbeat. Like and the reason why I, I ranked this two over Paranoid Android is because start to finish I was into it. Where Paranoid Android, I wasn't like, I'm not saying I was out, but I was kind of like, where, where are we going here? <laughs> and then like that build up, I was like, oh, at the end of that one, I'm like, okay. But I do like that song, but this one kind of had me going. And I guess, you know, it's hard, but just to pick them, I'm, you're trying to find a difference. Which song for longer time had me like hooked more is a big swaying factor. And I think this yeah. one does. And, uh, and it really also, so for people listening and, and for Thomas, this was the fifth one, the last one, and that's where I was kind of like, yeah, like, I don't know. I just started thinking of a lot of those bands, and before I even, like, looked again, this, yeah, it's 07, but it was like that, taking me back to early 2010s and that, like, comeback for, like, alternative music taking over, 
and it was like, oh, and I don't, and that's why I wanted to ask you, but it was just like I could hear them in this song. Yeah, yeah. And they maybe got a little more poppy than mm-hmm. this song, but like I feel like an influence though. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like it did too. And and in Rainbow's also influenced distribution, Jeremy. It was self released, and they they basically released it where fans could pay what they wanted. Oh wow. Yeah, so they released it digitally, and they told fans, "Pay what you want." And most That's people, awesome. I think, I paid like nine ninety nine or fourteen ninety. Like you know, some fans yeah. paid hundred bucks for this. Some fans pay, didn't pay anything. Some fans paid two dollars. But but so they try to they they it was an experiment for them, and I think they were in the position, a unique position to be able to do that and not have it be as much of a risk as some other bands. I think some other bands, quite honestly, maybe didn't like that they did that. They didn't probably not. Yeah, yeah they didn't love that Radiohead did that. But yeah. Radiohead is in the new, unique position where they were able to do that and do that experiment. They knew they were going to make a lot of money. They had a whole In Rainbows tour planned uh, in end of two thousand seven throughout two thousand eight. So they knew they were going to make money there. They knew right. they had hardcore loyal fans who would still pay for the album. So it was an interesting, as far as distribution of In Rainbows, that got a lot of talk in music circles, too. Okay, that's really cool. I didn't know that. So I think that's also making me like them more is um, staying true to who they are. And they staying, it seems like what matters to them, they keep that close to the vest. And they express that, but not in the, the, the greatest, like the biggest ways. Like It's not like all in your face, but they just kind of do their thing and... I think it's cool to see like they are rock stars, but they're not. They're still. I think they value like, hey, we're here about the music. We're not here mm-hmm. for the glitz and the glamour. Like we're, yeah. we're here to perform and we're here to. And it seems like also a lot of times people don't fans can maybe turn on you. And it seems like there is some out people who just like, oh, enough Radiohead, like too much love. <laughs> I guess there's that. But it seems like fans for the most part have been okay. And really accepting of their experimentation, 100%. and that sometimes can really burn an artist. You know what I mean? Like if they're experimenting, and that's great as an artist, but fans are like, you "No, know, go back to the old stuff. Go back to what I like." But it seems like a lot of not just like core fans, but a lot of like casual fans are like they're down with the the growth and the progression and the different. It's like, oh, they're trying this out, okay, and yeah. I like that. Yeah, by we could tell the artists and the fans. Yeah, like we could tell Tom York was influenced by Aphex Twin or electronic yeah. music on this album or this song, or they wanted to go. He's been listening to a lot of DJ Shadow or a lot. Right, you know? right. So yeah, we, yeah, you could tell. And uh, so, so this was the last song that I gave you, Jigsaw Falling Into Place. Real quick, Electioneering from OK Computers, another really cool, accessible rocker. Uh, okay. Just on the Bends is another one that I kind of fit in with in my more suggestions for Jigsaw falling into place so the the last one that i gave you was from an album from 2007 they released two albums since then so they in 2011 they released the king of limbs which is only eight tracks i think most radiohead fans at the time considered it more toward pablo honey maybe lesser than what came before it there's a few good tracks on that like i don't think it's a bad album there's a really chilling one called give up the ghost that i like separator is another one that I like from the King of Limbs, but you know it's a short, thirty-seven minutes. Um, a lot of electronic influences. That tour was great. They toured off of this album, and it was really good. And then they released 
an album called A Moon-Shaped Pool back in 2016. Almost a surprise release. It was like you woke up one morning and Radiohead released an album. So it was mm-hmm. it, it, I didn't expect it. I'm like, "What? Really? Radiohead has a new album?" So so that that was uh, I think it's grown on fans. There's a song called Burn the Witch that I love. Uh, True Love Waits, they had been working on since the mid-90s. Fans were wondering if they were ever going to, like, what they were going to do with it. And they finally put it on, on this album. Uh, they would play True Love Waits in, like, at, at shows in, like, 1997. And it's a song that they re-recorded and re-recorded and then like, put it on this album from, like, 20 years later. So so they released two albums since then. I, I like them to varying degrees. I didn't feel like anything was, like, essential right now as far as introducing you to the band so that's why the last song that i gave you was from 2007 so why let me ask you then why do you think a lot of artists have you know they've they've gotten like negative feedback a lot of times when they do something that's like different why do you think especially for a group that's not like in the at least as far as i know they're not like in your face in the meat why do you think fans have been so accepting and not just their like big diehard fans, but even like casual fans, like why do you think they have been accepting to go onto this ride? Because it seems like these songs with these albums are very, like very unique, very mm-hmm. different, it's, you know, and can you hear some connections? Sure. But it's not, they're, they're very different stuff. Like it's, it's unique. And I like that, but a lot of people don't. So I wonder yeah. why people have been accepting it's, they've built up credibility. I think like we've we've seen proof of concept as far as them trying stuff out and it turning out well. Mm-hmm. So they're a band where it's like if they want to try this, I trust them to make it sound good. And Is so you- they've just built up that trust over the years. I think people from Pablo Honey to the Benz, it was kind of like it was a relatively smooth transition, but it sounded weird. I think there was the most resistance, honestly, from OK Computer to Kid A, because Kid A was such an electronic-infused thing. And then they followed it up a year later with Amnesiac, which was like basically a Kid A and Amnesiac are essentially a double album, but but both of those were like electronic-influenced. There was some resistance a little bit there, but then it was like, well, Kid A turned out well, Amnesiac turned out pretty well. So by when they started experimenting a little bit after that, it was like, okay, we trust them already mm-hmm. because they've built up. They've shown us that if they take chances, it'll still – they're going to do it usually in the right way. That's cool. That's interesting because, you know, and I can understand an artist like – a lot of artists have fears or they get nervous about wanting to try because you can lose that core fan base. And, and I saw it always fascinates me when an artist or, you know, in anything or – they pushed themselves to be different, to be great, to not go into the status quo or go into the box that they themselves or other people want to put themselves in. And it's inspiring to see that, that they didn't do that. And it's worked out. It's been successful. And almost it seems like if they have another album come out, I'm going to you know, listen to it, thanks to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to expect uh, the difference. I'm not going to be like, well, let me go back to Kid A and maybe... I'm going to expect something unique I'm yeah. something different. and that's really cool. Yeah. You just kind of like say, what, what do they got for me? And I, either right. there's, I mean, to, uh, I like maybe like one song a lot and the other ones, oh, this one's not really doing it for me. Um, but I trust them next album. I have no idea when that's going to be. Yeah. No, <laughs> there's not no. really, I don't know. I need to, maybe I need to follow up, um, uh, and, and do, do a little bit more research, but I, 
as far as I know, I'm not really expecting a new Radiohead album anytime soon. So their most recent one, A Moon-Shaped Pool, that was already over seven years ago. It feels like yesterday that I woke up and all of a sudden they had a new album, but that was over seven years ago already. Uh, time has is, time is flown. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. So you said that you had listened to their Bandsplane episode. Yes, yes. Um, by the way, I, I love that podcast, but that's like some true commitment because those episodes could be really long. Yeah, Nossie you know, does a great job, but those that's like a commitment to listen to a band's playing episode. Yeah, she does, and, I, and I'm always <laughs> I like talking about other podcasts. I love, yeah, I love our podcast, but I love yeah. podcasting in general. And um, she's an influence I, for me, honestly, as a podcaster. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy her. Like, um, and I really like that what she's focusing on, like the the type of music and bands that she's looking at. Mm-hmm. And I love things like kind of like what we're doing, like explaining and explaining the like why we like an artist and what you know. Even if you may, you may have an unpopular opinion, but saying why and listening, really doing a deep dive. I love deep dives into stuff, things that I'm passionate about, but things I'm like on the fringe or I'm curious about. So I really loved hearing what you know. And they, you're right, it was a commitment because they're. <laughs> I think the first one is like. Two hours and forty five. Oh, yeah, it was a it was a two parter, and the second one was like three hours. Yep. And uh, but luckily this week, for better or for worse, I was doing a lot of driving, <laughs> so it, it it fit. And uh, it was interesting to hear what they had to say, mm-hmm. and and I didn't let that influence me on my listening or what okay. I got from the songs, but it made sense of like kind of what I said when we did the opening of. They're so big. Why do I not know about them more? And like, I had friends who I was friends with for years, and we talked music. And when that social network trailer came out in 2010, and they had the choir doing Creep, and they're like, "Oh, I love Radiohead." And I go, "I've known you all this time. You never said you liked Radiohead." And so it was like, "Why is that?" And they kind of helped explain that to me in a way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, other than listening to the songs I gave you and listening to the bands play an episode. Did you do any other research or anything further? A little bit of like just like uh, Wikipedia and like some articles, stuff like that. Not, not enough, not where I'm like ready. I still want to do some more, but um, definitely, definitely got some articles in there and just hearing about them and really articles. um, This may not be the most popular thing, but I've said it on some other podcasts I've been a guest on where, when we look at the decade of the 90s, it becomes Nirvana or Kurt Cobain and then everything else. Yeah, right. That's... And and I don't think that's fair. <laughs> you know, and not yeah. to knock I Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. I think our friend has a joke about that, actually, oh, about yeah, everything yeah. started with, with Smells Like Teen Spirit. And then, yes. you know, then the world changed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> like, that's not really, I don't want to say it's like not true, but it's not true it's gonna be weird because like it did change stuff like it was a big deal but there was things before that that changed stuff Mm -hmm. and then things even in the moment before Kurt Cobain died that was bigger than there and changing and the narrative has just over the years been twisted to where anytime I see Rolling Stone album of the 90s or this like big publication or big whatever album of the 90s I get excited let me go watch this or read this and then I'm like, what's number one? I fool myself, Thomas, every time. What's number one? And I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. Like, And it's like, wah, wah. And I'm like, yeah. come on, man. The safe. Choice. So it's the, exactly. And I tell people it's not even the best album of that year. Like, it's just not even the best album of that year. So I'm like, 
it's good to hear these other bands and I think about REM and different and then what OK Computer did and stuff for alternative music. It's a little after Nevermind and In Utero, but how that shaped alternative music and wanting to hear more about that. Like Nirvana definitely has a big piece and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be talked about, but they're just it's them and then like they did it all. And that's <laughs> yeah. not true. Yeah. We love them, but yeah, that's not true. So the, the final thing that I'm I want to know, Jeremy, is where do you currently stand on Radiohead? Radiohead currently it's a group so as like a fan, like my personal fandom, you're saying? Yeah, or just yeah, in general. Just, yeah. Um I I really, really like them. I would love there's somebody I would love to see live. I would pay definitely like I won't go broke, but I'll pay good <laughs> money to go see them live because they seems like a like an incredible just experience yeah. to be a part. I, I'm, you know, hashtag a little bit jealous that you've had to do that. So <laughs> well, if they times. ever play in Philadelphia, I'll try my damnedest to get out there and we'll go. That'd see be amazing. Them. That'd yeah. be amazing. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. That's all. And I really, and I'll say this just because just on these five songs, I really like them. And my exploring is not, I'm not like, oh, that's enough. Like mm-hmm. that's for the podcast. And I'm going to keep doing it because I, I just like following and reading about people, but definitely artists too who just dare to be different, dare to be great, and dare to be themselves. And I, I really, when I listen to them, and I think maybe that's why I think of REM because REM represents that for me in, a, in that alternative space too. Like they're just they stayed the course and they were who they wanted to be for better and for worse. Music wise, they did what they wanted to do, and I really respect it. Yeah, there's a big crossover of REM and Radiohead fans, myself included. They're two of like my ten favorite bands of all time. Yeah, maybe yeah. two of my top five. REM's pretty damn high up there as far as right, my favorite bands. Right. So another yeah. thing that bothers me: losing my religion came out earlier '91 before it did. Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, and I'm like, that was a huge hit, and that was so different. People just skip over that. I agree. And Smells like Teen Spirit changed it all. I'm like, what about losing my religion? Justice for losing my religion and out of time. That yes. came back before that came out before Smells Like Teen Spirit. So awesome, man. I my think man. Yeah. I think this was a uh, the first uh, installment of pop culture blind spots. I think it was a success. I, I love, love it, this. man. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun to do. I like it. Um I'm glad we we thought about this and I, I'm definitely yeah, we'll hear what the people I'll say have you to thought say about it we, in conversation. Now, now that now that it, it's turned to be out be a success <laughs> and everything, Jeremy, like this was mostly you, I think. And I was well, like, we, "Damn, man, that's a good idea." But like, this was a lot of like your your no, idea. No, well, I, I mean, I appreciate it, but it, it's it's the team, brother, and and uh, you know, <laughs> if, it, if if it's not us talking about it and making sure like going out, like it, it doesn't work, you know. Me, I'm just a dude talking into a mic. If it's if it's not both of us doing this, yeah. so uh, it, it, it's us. And and this, I've had a blast, more fun than I even thought I would have. Yeah. And I thought I had a lot of fun doing it, but it was fun doing the research, but fun talking about this with you. Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking forward to our next one where you introduce me to something. We don't yeah. know what that is yet, but it's going to happen. And Jeremy's going to introduce me to to something that I might have a blind spot about. I'm really excited about that. Oh, absolutely. I have a few ideas. I'm, I'm when we in the future, like, you know, coming up in the next couple of weeks, talk about it. Like i I'll I'll throw a couple out and see which one is uh you know, because it's a week time. I know for the audience it's twenty seconds, but for us it's a week time. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's uh, a good enough 
not to overwhelm me in a week, but I definitely have some ideas for you for sure. Yeah, I can't wait. That'll be a future episode. But next week, we have something else for you. Uh, why don't you oh, tell yeah. the people what we got next week, Jeremy? It's one of the ones that jumped out to me when we thought about this podcast and early list of episodes, but it's uh, Essential Motown songs. Beautiful. And I I am so pumped, man, to just uh, hear your history and connection with Motown. Talk about mine. And it's just one of those, it's, I'll say it, it's, it's tied to me with the Beatles of just like, there's just so many, you just have to embrace the fun of it because you'll lose your mind trying to like really be like, these are the five, because there's not, these are the five. It's, like it's the like, five. These, it's not the five. It's just, these are yeah. five. It's similar, right? right? Yeah. And you really have to do that for Motown and like the Beatles too, but like Motown, because it's like. Technically, it's like there's like 125. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. So it's like we're just picking five. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of sentimental value with me and, and Motown as well. Yeah. Probably not a coincidence that I married a woman from the Detroit area, from Michigan. Mm. So mm. I don't know. The <laughs> mm. Motown was seen, like in my blood. Have you seen the Hitsville building over there? I don't think, I don't think so. But next time I'm there... I'll, I'll try to make it a point. I saw it once because I have family in Detroit as well. And it's just, um, it's one of those things. I feel like you do that a lot. Be like a history fan when you see something and you're like, it's, I thought it'd be bigger. It's like that. It's like, it's so you feel it, but you're like, all these hits came from this little building. Like, it's just insane. Like, it's, yeah. but it's so cool. Yeah. I can't wait for that. So join us next week as we hash out our five essential Motown songs. Can't wait for that. For Jeremy Dove, I'm Thomas Senna. Thank you so much for listening to Pop Culture 5. So long, everybody. Peace. Cast some such.